welcome back everyone to yet another exciting adventure in the basement that is quite possibly made of rock and roll. Uh, you're now tuning in to Chunky Glasses, the podcast. I am your host, Kevin, as usual. Uh, we are back for yet another week because we are unstoppable and we'll just keep on doing this until we can't do it anymore. Uh, this week we got a really good podcast for you. We're going to be reviewing a couple albums that, uh, you know, are some artists that we have some varying opinions about. Uh, one of those artists is Mac DeMarco. I know people love him, some people don't. I'll let you figure out which camp I fall into here. Uh, also, uh, going to be talking about a little a band that I think is sort of friends with uh, Mr. DeMarco, Ultimate Painting. They have a new album out called Green Lanes. We may talk that. Uh, more importantly, though, we have someone new joining the team. Um, Mr. Eduardo uh, did what any insane person does and just reaches out to a bunch of strangers in the basement who make a podcast and say, hey, uh, I might like to do that sort of thing too and so uh you know took a little while canceled twice on him apologize for that eduardo but we finally got him down here so uh you get to meet eduardo this week uh quinn is down here before we get into these uh album reviews i want to mention real quick uh hopscotch is going on this week in fact it starts thursday uh at, you know you might know that uh matt condon is going down he, he's the guy who handles a a lot of our live stuff, basically most of our live stuff. He's been doing this uh, for most 2015. Fantastic photographer. Uh, but also down at Hopscotch this year for us and and corresponding for us will be uh, one PJ Sykes. Uh, friend of mine, friend of Matt's. Uh, they enjoy working together. So PJ said, hey, I might want to do this. I said, fuck yeah, PJ, you can do that. So if you are down in Raleigh and are a fan of this podcast and, and therefore know that they are down there or you just you know happen to know them in general uh you know say hi to them buy him a beer give them a hug you know they're not you know sometimes they need a little you know long days man shooting shows all day long it's hard and sometimes you, you know you need a little human touch and whatnot uh so that is going on uh sorry i can't make it to hopscotch this year but one of these years i'm gonna make it down uh also want to mention at the back end of this podcast we're huge fans of the band hundred visions uh now uh john kruger or johnny kruger uh used to be their guitarist has a little project out called explicit power we're gonna be playing a track from that uh linking it to it in the show notes so check it out and uh yeah that is about it for our upfront for this podcast. So strap in, uh, get ready to meet Eduardo, and uh, you know me and Quinn. Uh, here we go. It's episode number 131 of Chunky Glasses, the podcast, where we're reviewing new albums from Mac DeMarco and Ultimate Painting. It happens here, and it finishes here. Two men enter, one man leaves. Nearly a two-word review just a shit sandwich.
Quinn, welcome back. Hey, we made, we made it through the uh, beauty pool show, and you actually made it out here instead of canceling. Okay. <laughs> I don't think I've ever canceled before. No, ever. I don't think you have. And I, there were extraneous circumstances, and here I am. Okay. So You made it. I made it, and I bought you a beer last night. You did. Thank you. Not to say that you haven't been supplying me with beer for... No, no, I haven't. Because <laughs> it, it, also, happy birthday. Thank you. So oh, you, thank you're you. now a man. I, yeah. Take your license and... Buy stuff with it. Uh, new to the basement, Eduardo. Hello, Eduardo. Hello. Uh, I'm glad we worked this out because we canceled it twice. Couple of couple uh, of false starts, right? Couple but. of false starts, but but you're here. Uh, as with any, I think new people that we had, it generally results in. Would you like hit me up on Twitter and be like, "Is this real?" Yeah. Or so so it's it's kind of a weird story actually. Um, a coworker of mine. Uh, you know, with whom I exchange music recommendations yeah. had, had told me to check out this um, Donnie Trumpet album that had just come out. Okay. And so I went to look for it on the um, iTunes store and the Chunky Glasses podcast <laughs> came up and I said, I'm not finding that album, but there was this podcast about it. And so she was intrigued because she said, wow. who's, how is there already a podcast about this album that just came out? So uh, later that morning, she said, you should really check those guys out. It's a really fun, it's just guys talking about music. I and like so your friend. That's kind of, so shout out to Tola. She's yeah. the reason I'm here. So. Yeah, I like your friend. That, yeah, and the reason that was up already is because we were waiting for, uh, for a goddamn year. <laughs> for that. Which actually, that's, that, that's a good damn segue into what I want to talk about. We don't really have news unless you want to talk about Taylor Swift whitewashing um, Feminism. African <laughs> culture in our new video, uh, which we don't want to talk about on this podcast uh, yet. Need to research a little bit better. Uh, by my estimate, it is about July 115th, in uh, that Frank Ocean promised that his album would be out, his album Boys Don't Cry, would be out at the end of July. Um, and when we're talking about Surf, uh, they did the same thing with Surf. They were a year late. Surf, the, Chance started like talking about, hey man, it's going to drop in 2014. Hey, man, it's, it's coming. It's coming. Kept doing this and saying it's going to come, saying it's going to come, and then nothing. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, this album shows up. Now, I don't know about you or you. Uh, this Frank Ocean album is like my most anticipated uh, album of this year. When artists do this, like this should not like affect someone like me, a grown ass man. <laughs> fan but it does. But it but it it makes me angry. It makes me say things like, "Well, fuck it, I'm not gonna listen to it." <laughs> Bullshit. You're gonna listen. I, of course, yeah, I, of course, course you I'm are. gonna listen to it. But what what do you think happens? Like knowing what uh, I I don't know how involved you are in PR or anything and stuff, but Quinn and I definitely are. Like, what happens when something like this like clearly goes wrong or is it going right do you think i don't know we live in this kind of weird era especially amongst like r&b rappers pop stars where the cooler ones can just drop an album tomorrow you know um like like uh like kanye has been teasing his album for what three months right so like it's like it's part of it's a hype a hype machine thing Uh, yeah uh franco with frank ocean i'm not following it too closely i'm not sure i mean I would say that with Kanye, it's a hundred percent PR thing. With Frank Ocean, it seems to be maybe not the case. Well, Frank Ocean actually said it. Well, he didn't set a day date, but he said July. This album will be out in July. I think he he tweeted that out or Instagrammed it or whatever the kids are doing like back in uh, April and said and with a stack of the finished products like sitting in front of him said July and then July came and went and now we're into September and it just keeps on going. I mean, you think it's wise. 
if somebody's going to do that knowing how anticipated it is, it's not a secret album anymore, uh, that they maybe just say why it's not coming? I mean, what do you think, Ed? Um, I guess I kind of like that it runs counter to the surprise release trend, which is kind of, which I think is a little played at this point. Like, I'm just sort of, uh, my reaction to finding out that an album that I didn't even know about uh, mm-hmm. being released at this point is just more kind of fatigue and a sense of obligation <laughs> yeah. than uh, having to kind of like feign that hype and just be excited that this thing I didn't expect uh, is here. But um, yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I He seems, you know, he, 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 I don't know a lot about him, but, but the interviews uh, of his that I've read, I mean, he seems like a pretty non-dickish person i sure. guess i mean he, yeah. doesn't, he doesn't come across as someone who just wants to screw with his fans right right, right. which is to or me like confuses or... it a little more yeah you know uh, i mean hype is one thing but you know you people wanted this album since honestly since channel orange came right out, right which was you know, 2012 yeah was it really wow. and that was my number one album that year it was and it remains like just like it's it's fucking amazing um yeah, I, almost like an artist, like the the Wilco album that just dropped, they sort of did that as surprising. Mm-hmm. That was sort of, there were rumors that maybe there would be something uh, in in 2015, but it just dropped out of thin air. Like nobody really knew. And that was actually sort of neat. We were actually in the middle of taping the podcast when that came out. And we're just sitting here like, holy, oh, wow. what do we do with this? Yeah, You know, the, the whole though announcing it and you now this is your strategy, uh, you know, it is sort of relegated to hip hop and R and B. I think at this point, and relegated to extremely popular, extremely artists. popular, because right. you can't only do that if you're in a position where you have like maybe a million fans. Like, well, well, can you? I mean, you know, I I was talking with somebody, um, and their album is getting finished now, and they're talking releases and stuff, but it'll be finished by the end of the year. But they're like, well, maybe it won't come out until you know March or April next year. Like, do we have to do that? I mean, it's 2015. We've got the inner tubes. <laughs> right. Well, does, does does he owe you a better explanation than he's than he's given? I mean, is that uh, is no, that where I, this is? I I guess it's just when we are living in a, in a in a time when you can create an album. He could have done the whole thing in his basement, but you can create it, do it, master everything, and distribute it yourself. Like, why dick around? You know? And this is a little more into, into like, you know, release schedules, period. You know, you get albums in advance. I've got a bunch for October now that I wasn't expecting. But I'm like, why sit on it? Right. Like, it's it's done. Put it out. Like, you know, roughly, the numbers that you're going to get. And you say, as most industry people, the album doesn't really matter anymore. It's the tour. Was, was, it, was it Tom Waits who, when... Uh one of his albums leaked, he got really upset about the idea that fans feel entitled to the music on their schedule and not at the artist's preference. I don't, I don't remember if it was Tom Waits uh, yeah, or not, although it sounds like the kind of thing he would say. So, I mean, I guess he might just be exercising his prerogative to, uh, <laughs> to withhold... Uh... He said, I'm not feeling July anymore. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that happens, right? <laughs> Maybe, hopefully it's a bonus track, not feeling July anymore. Jesus. Um, I don't know. I think... Your friend Alex Sheldorf is really pissed off of this. Yeah, the people who are big fans are fucking pissed off about yeah. it. Uh, the people who aren't, like me, don't care. But, okay. um, you know, I mean, if one of my favorite artists was doing this, I'd be pissed too. Yeah. It's just like a natural thing. Yeah. Um, but, 
I kind of would agree with you. It's maybe a trend that should go away, but is not going to. Yeah. I don't know. Right. Um, and I just think if you're a young artist and you're not very much established, you should be, this is unrelated actually, but you should just be putting out as much music as humanly yeah. possible. Mm-hmm. Saturated. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like too much astronaut is putting out an album. They just finished their next album. Yeah. They put an album last year. They're going to put out their next, their next album in January. Like, like regardless of whether you like their music or not, like they're putting out an album basically yeah. every year. Yeah. And if that's kind of the way to do it, because then you have an excuse. So you have something to tour on and you have something to get blog posts who, about. Who are we talking about that, that is on a pretty good clip like that? And the reason it's, it, I don't know if it was, it wasn't Riley Walker, but the reason that it works and is okay is because like you, like that's fine if a couple of songs aren't bad or aren't good on the album, you know, it's not the instant classic, but because you know a new one's coming a year Well, Ty Seagulls does it. I'm sure it wasn't right. that, though. Yeah. We that's... weren't talking about that. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's got a different methodology. Um... At the same time, you have to respect the creative process, and if you it takes you a year yeah. and a half to write an album. Yeah. Yeah, so okay. be it. Yeah. Well, that's what happens when we don't have news. <laughs> my frustration, I turn into a child. Um, you guys want to talk about some albums? Let's do it. All right. The Way You Love Her is off of one uh, McBriar, Samuel Lanyon's, uh, a.k.a. Mac DeMarco's latest album, another one. Uh, it is his fourth full-length studio album, although it's being sold as a, a mini-LP, so is that factually not, true? Not an EP, a right, mini-LP. Mini so does that, does that mean that the content is so emotionally like enriching that it, you get as much well Sufjan Stevens put out an hour long EP and Max Marco puts out a 24 album mini LP so you tell me uh, well, I mean I, you don't like either of those artists that sounds, that sounds horrible <laughs> but um, you know his uh, first one Rock and Roll Nightclub in 2012 uh, then number two which we actually I think we reviewed on the podcast I know a guy who used to be on this podcast was a fan of Mac DeMarco uh, and also kind of a douche. Then <laughs> uh, his next album was Salad Days and now we're up to this. Uh, style has been described as Blue Wave Slacker Rock. and Blue Wave? And, yeah, and now this is where this is where the real problem comes in for me. Self-described by uh, DeMarco as Jizz Jazz. Oh, real so quick, first of all, um, I, uh, my, the high school, the town, ta- the high school and the town I grew up in were the Darien Blue Wave. That was their mascot. Okay. Nice. <laughs> Just putting it out so there. So it's a shout out to Queens <laughs> High School. Uh, first, people listening to this podcast, don't use the word jizz. Like, don't, like, I've already said it two more times than you should ever say it. But just don't. It's it's like moist. It's like titillate. You just don't say it, and right. it's just like a 
disgusting word. But at any rate, um, he uh, recently actually one of his songs, uh, "Moving Like Mike," was uh, licensed for by Target. So he has been thrust into, I guess, the limelight and now professionally like money making, you know, in the commercials for, I don't know, strollers or Star Wars toys or whatever they're doing over at Target. Or sex toys, I don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I won't say the word. Or, or bongs. <laughs> he, he, he is fond of the uh, penis hashtag on social media. Right? Is he? That's, it's like a third of his posts are nothing but the word penis sometimes hashtag. So that's... Uh... <laughs> the, the mystery deepens. <laughs> Does it? Yeah. Um. So uh, this was conceived and recorded entirely by him in his new place in Far Rockaway, Queens, which is apparently, I guess it's on the water. Uh, in fact, at the end of this album, he invites you over to coffee. Uh, I don't know where I'm going. Um, <laughs> how big uh, a fan were uh, Eduardo? How, how did you relate to Mr. DeMarco before this album? Uh, so I've spent a lot of time with this, partly because of all the uh, the fall starts. Um, and... Uh, <laughs> and I definitely have gone from like I've gone from uh, complete indifference to, I guess, mild enjoyment mm-hmm. to and now it's at the point where like I just know it because I've listened to it so many times. So I just don't you know, I don't really know. I, right. You know, I think I think the there is um, it's it's rather slight <laughs> um, and it's uh, I guess I, I saw I read an interview of his where he sort of presents this album as kind of a maturation of his songwriting mm-hmm. or something like that. Which, <laughs> yeah. So I'm getting um, uh, giggles around the room. It, it, yeah. It's, it's clearly not an adult record, right? <laughs> it's not. It's, it's. <laughs> these are. I mean, these are really kind of gooey, silly, empty love songs. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, it's it, it's weird because that is uh, you know from the time I guess people started talking about him I, I first was exposed to him uh, that was the thing everybody's like this guy's amazing this guy's genius or uh, more insidious to me it was like oh you just have to see him live because he's such a cool dude which has nothing to do with anything you ever make in life like right. whether or not you're a cool dude or not um, you know and but what comes across on the records and. I, I will say the maturation thing is sort of funny because I think on this one, like, I, well, I should say this. I cannot listen to his other records. This one, I can almost listen what? to. Interesting. Yeah. It's like he's, and it's so frustrating because when I hear, um, we were talking in, in the break, as a guitar player, when I hear that guitar sound, I want to, like, punch somebody and I just want to what the fuck? Are, you take a perfectly good instrument and, and, I'm all for like making the craziest sounds you can, but make the wimpiest, like just worst intentionally. Like, look at how silly I am now. So, like, there's, uh, I don't know, uh, Quinn. How do you? <laughs> um, I uh, I I liked two a lot. Did you like two? Um, came out when I was in high school, or at the end of like, 2012 when I like the end of when i was in high school and uh it just it was felt like a good indie rock record it had that same kind of like to me like that real estate vibe almost where it was like this kind of like lackluster like lackadaisical Mm -hmm. kind of sound um songs about smoking cigarettes and just like cooking meth in your basement uh some of those things i can relate to um but (laughs) like i don't know it it didn't it didn't it's something that didn't take itself too seriously i thought the songwriting was decent um definitely not complex but I don't like anyone listens to Max Marco looking for anything complex. Right. Uh, I think most people listen to it when they're stoned. Um, 
Is that what it is? I think that's part of it. I think it's part of like a stoner thing. It's like, I said this to you on Facebook, but uh, I've heard him described as the Jack Johnson of a different subgenre, um, <laughs> yeah. which is interesting yeah. uh, and funny and kind of true. Um, this album, I, the last album, I saw him on his last tour on the Salad Days tour yeah. at 930, uh, which was funny because it was half like skater kids and half, right, right. And half yuppies. Well, uh, yeah. Well, well, yeah. So um, we, I was, I was like, I was like watching this weird like interaction between these two groups of people and they're like these kids are like moshing pretty hard to like maybe not the most mosh worthy music but it was still a pretty lively show and these these like older people are like dude like it's mac demarco why are you moshing and it was just like this very interesting <laughs> cultural exchange that i was witnessing at this mac demarco concert also i've never seen more crowd surfing at the show uh it was their last show their tour and everyone jumped Wait, in the crowd are you saying that like mac demarco's music frees people to be their true selves <laughs> is, is that um uh, the 30 year old who lives on 15th and t street and uh just might, went down to the 9 30 club for that show was not freed by anything maybe by getting like whacked in the face by some kid right. in, in board shorts but not like <laughs> you know that's that's like the most interesting thing that happened or happens to his music um yeah i mean uh well, to the point about it being a little more mature, let me let me play let me play the title track here, um, and come back to talk about uh, uh, another side of this that sort of how it's hit me. This is uh, the title track for another one, uh, appropriately titled "Another One." So that song, um, to me, is almost there. It, it's it's almost, uh, you know, and hilariously, it falls into like I, I've been listening to uh, like a lot of America thanks to Sirius XM, uh, Yacht Rock. Uh-huh. But yeah. uh, but I think Quinn, you can attest to this. Like I don't need Sirius to like make those playlists. Like they're pretty much nonstop here. Um, but you know, I've been listening a lot. Of it. So you know, that falls into this type of stuff that i will just put on to relax and daria runs screaming you know, when i put it on but and it's so close to it and then he it's like he intentionally fucks it up and because it's ironical or something more more to the point though uh and this also confuses my brain you put that at the end of a bad sci-fi movie 
or uh, the songs uh, A Heart Like Hers and especially Without Me at the end of like not not a super bad sci-fi movie but uh, you know something like uh, well, Lawnmower Man was super bad like Gattaca yeah 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 uh, something like that so you put that at the end and it fits perfectly or it's the music for the porn scene like there's Dude, a sex another scene one sounds like a fucking porn right porno, like right, 70s right the thing uh, I, I find it funny that you choose another one as one of your favorite tracks. Yeah. Um, because it's, to me, the least, like, like, it's, it sounds the least like his sound. Right. Um, I mean, it does have that, like, the synthy kind of, like, boom, boom, you know. It's because um, there's, but less, it has there's the guitar- less guitar. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. The guitar, like, Max DeMarco, his sound is that guitar sound. Yeah. 100%. Um, and whether he's exhausted that, I don't know. Um, I think it worked for a little while but it's i just think it's funny because he has a song in the last album salad days chamber chambers of reflection which is kind of similar to mm-hmm. another one uh and that's that kind of synthy whatever he's using to do that um and it's just like kind of a at that when i listened to that album the first time that came out of left field but then now i it makes a lot of sense because a it's kind of like a popular thing to do yeah and also it's in the image stick yeah <laughs> yeah to play three chords and that's it <laughs> Just yeah. <laughs> so I mean, um, now you were saying uh, he's on captured tracks, yeah, which is a uh, has become one of the biggest kind of indie New York City based indie labels. Yeah, um, Beach Fossils on there, uh-huh. kind of like those type of bands, kind of similar, you know, similar in maybe tone a little bit. Oh yeah, um, yeah. That, that stable of artists is pretty pretty locked in. Dive, you know, yeah. dive. Yeah. Um, so like New York assholes. No, I'm just kidding. But. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so I think they. Uh, I wonder what the album pressures were. I mean, what that what the, rec- the label pressures were for him to make this album. You think they just um, said we need to get something out? I th- kind of. I think they were like because he is their cash cow for sure. He's their biggest artist. He makes he makes them a ton of money. People buy go buy twenty five dollar Mac Marker LPs at the record store. Yeah. Um, Do you think they should have uh, used the release strategy of saying it was coming out in July and then not? Put it out? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're, yeah, they should have. They, I know. I don't think people would have been. Like, people have been screaming for Mac tomorrow. I don't know. People would be maybe, yeah. maybe. Well, I mean, he sold out the Howard here. Yeah, and he sold uh, nine thirty last year. Sold out the nine thirty club. Uh, it's it's interesting how he people jump from like DC nine, and then six months later they <laughs> sold out nine thirty club. Yeah. Well, and that's part of his mystique too. As far as mystique, it's also part of his PR money and team. Yeah. yeah. Courtney Barnett, same thing. Yeah, although I would argue that Courtney Barnett is a fairly accomplished and good musician. Yes, okay. But no, but <laughs> in terms is... of like in terms of PR campaigns, oh, yeah. whoever ran her last PR campaign oh, is a yeah. fucking genius. Oh, yeah. They were, uh, yeah, you know, the bumps from NPR and all that did not hurt. YouTube ads. Yeah, yeah, they got, they got them all in all the right places. Now, uh, Eduardo, you were saying, you'd seen too that... Uh, they're, they're also huge Dead fans. Um, yeah, so apparently uh, uh, Mac, um, can I call him that? Yeah, sure. Mr. DeMarco. Mac, well, he invited you. New call. York Times. <laughs> that's right, he did. He did, right. I'll go to rock away. Call him bro. Uh, that's, that probably is his actual first name. Um, so bro DeMarco, um, no, he, he does, uh, um, he does uh, like to bring up the dead in interviews. Mm-hmm. So he talks about the... Um, uh, trying to learn Jerry's guitar scales, the like playing in the Miloxidian mode or whatever um i think i saw somewhere um that he's that he just wakes up and puts on like a scarlet fire and will just solo over it for like 20 minutes and that's kind of how he starts his day um so i don't so so you know once i read that i mean this shouldn't have 
kind of bias my opinion of him, but I did go back and listen to the album and I thought, you know, maybe if this guy is really into the dead, that there's, there's maybe a little bit, uh, Wait, are, are you slipping into the bro cult? Are you? Are you, are you like? <laughs> no, 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 no. Man, he seems like such a cool guy. Yeah, <laughs> no, I do. I do not want to hang out with Bro DeMarco. Uh, but, uh, but no. So, so I went back and re-listened to it with that in mind, thinking like, all right. So, if a deadhead made this, right. you know, this is. I guess. I guess this is. Um, and I think we'll make this point again uh, when we talk about ultimate painting. But this is. You know, I'm glad to see people taking inspiration from jam bands and doing something other than being a jam band with that inspiration. Uh, right. Yeah. So. Yeah. If you want to call, I mean, I, I, I mean, I'm hesitant to call uh, the Grateful Dead a jam band, yeah. even though it's a, maybe, I, maybe I, in I, its I, current context. Right. In the current context, I'm sensing you might be a Dead fan. I, I, I do enjoy the Grateful Dead okay. quite a bit. Okay, so you know they are um, in in many ways, I think, defined like Americana. Yeah, and so you have people uh, like Cass McCombs, which he sounds a, a little like on that song, um, who are now like you know besties with bob weir mm-hmm. uh because they were and actually the national is getting down with bob weir really? look at john mayer's getting down yeah. with bob weir yeah, well, they're, they're they're really getting here down. yeah they're they're really <laughs> it, he's in the dead now or what's left of it minus phil lash which is fine with me you know i don't mean phil <laughs> <laughs> um but uh it's when people say that and it's fun, like I, I think honestly every musician that i've talked to uh, on this podcast, most of them have said they are fans of the dead. I know, like uh, when we when we talked to Damian Gerardo, like we were talking about like tapes, like for about an hour after. Oh, wow. I mean, it's just fun. like people are just like, yeah, I just like put it on. I don't know, but what I've heard people say is they take away from it is the fact that those songs were so well written. Not, I mean, but you could you could enjoy yourself with a jam, but really that's not going to work as evidenced by every other jam band <laughs> who, don't, who don't have no, right. strong material to. Yeah. Right. right. I mean, I mean, look at fish. They are all arguably good musicians. Uh, they in, I don't know, 30 years now. Is it 20 or 30 years? Yep. 30, 30 just years. 30. Maybe have written. Uh, I, I think I can count the number of actual good songs like on my hand, which is not to say, people shouldn't enjoy it and like i don't enjoy it a little bit but it's just um you you aren't gonna sit that down and hold it up in the you know american canon yeah, yeah. so you know but when i hear people say that um i hope that's what they take from it and maybe demarco is lyrically taking from them i mean i i just ha- i haven't been able to push far enough through my disdain for the overall aesthetic of this to really get into the meat of it and say, like, is he actually saying something? Like, when you seem to think he's not, that he's just sort of like, I don't think, I don't think he claims to though. He calls himself, he calls his stuff, he calls his music jizz jazz. <laughs> like, like hashtag penis. I don't think he's, I don't think he, uh, I don't think he's like, uh, look at me, I'm this like great voice for generation. Yeah. I'm writing songs where every other word is love her, you know. Yeah. He's just, but he is, he is very successful. Yeah. And is going, is he, I think he's just transitioning into becoming a pop star. Well, that's what I was, exactly what I was just going to say. Is, is he a, uh, you know, a, a pop icon trapped in an indie rock world? Yeah. I think he totally think? is. I think, I think his, I think over the course of his next two albums or mini LPs or however they present themselves to the world, <laughs> uh, he's going to, you know, he's, he's basically playing into the most popular aesthetic at the time. And I think uh, he's doing that with a song like another one, totally. Uh, and I think 
I think he's just going to start making mediocre pop. I mean, maybe continue making mediocre pop <laughs> yeah. records uh, and playing sold out big venues. Yeah. And so so then what do you do when you put him up against somebody like Taylor Swift? Who, like, we, we were actually talking about that last night, me and Tori. Um, how, like, she's untouchable because she actually writes good songs. You went to see her and loved it. Uh, yeah. I mean, for the record, did not pay for this concert. Uh, yeah, who cares if you did? Was presented with a free floor ticket in Seattle and went. It was great. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Uh, but, yeah, you know, I mean, uh, I don't think... Like there are like picture, there are like videos of Mac Marker running around naked online. Like he'll never, he'll never quite be like like Taylor Swift. I think that's like you can't. I don't think it, uh, that you can make that comparison. I mean, could he could he be part of her squad? Is that the, <laughs> does he have? Because <laughs> at some point, if you're going to be serious about pop, you have to Whenever pick a side. Yeah, yeah. You, so, you have yeah. to deal with the Tay Tay. Right. Well, like, I mean, okay, so you go you go to her shows and she has between songs or like leading up to her mm-hmm. set after fucking Vance Joy plays. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> you have like these videos of her squad and it's like Lena Dunham and like like all these other mm-hmm. like kind of famous trendy people. Um, so I can just picture like Lena Dunham being like, yeah, like Taylor and I like we talk about feminism. Max Morgan being like. Yeah, who rip bong together in my van? <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't really, I don't know. I think Taylor could suffer that PR hit now. Taylor, I mean, <laughs> just picture her with a giant like dick shaped bong. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have, I have, I have a few I'm things. Sorry, I this is your first podcast. I have a few things I could say right now, but I'm not going to. I think we should move on. Yeah, um, yeah, let's do that. Let's uh. Uh, what do, you, what do you think, Quinn? What are you gonna do with this? Stream it, get high to it, pass it along, pass to the left. All right. Probably stream it for like another week, and then my guess is not think about it until he has another release in like six months. So. <laughs> it's a long EP, <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> uh, I am. Um, I'm gonna be consistent with. With my stance on Mr. Demarco, I'm going to pass. Uh, I'm uh, if I'm not going to judge you if you enjoy this type of stuff. I am going to be perplexed. So if anybody wants to come explain it to me, please. Maybe he'll come over. He probably might. Hey, that's you a should, good idea. You should put your address Mac, on the podcast. It, it is Mac Demarco, <laughs> 1519 on the street. Come have some coffee or a beer. No bong rips. Or some Icelandic hot dogs. Ooh, (laughs) yes. Um, All right, so from the past, that is Mac DeMarco's Another One.
That song is I've Got the Sanctioned Blues. It is uh, by a duo known as Ultimate Painting uh, off their new album, Green Lanes. Uh, Ultimate Painting is a band that's formed uh, from uh, Jack Cooper from Mazes and, and James Hoare from Veronica Falls. If you know either of those bands, uh, they sort of just started collaborating. And then uh, last year they, they said, hey, this is good enough. We're going to put out an album. That album um, was very... Uh, it was a little indie darling. It was a little underdog. I don't think a little, too many people talked about it, but everybody was like, yeah, I really like this. So to hear that uh, this new album, Green Lanes, was coming out this year, it was sort of unexpected that they were moving that quickly with it. Um, they are, uh, as we were talking about, Mac DeMarco, they are both noted dead fans. I think they just did like a dead radio hour so over in London. Um, and uh, so hopefully we're actually trying to book them on the podcast where we can talk about just the dead, which should be fun. Um you know, you could guess from the sound of that they're essentially taking the sound of a, uh, a Velvet Underground, Luna stuff like that. Dude, uh, these guys have been listening to Loaded by the Velvet Underground yes. their entire lives, yep. every single day. Yeah, because that's yeah. exactly what this sounds like. Um, it's it's an extremely uh, and as was the last one, I think a very sort of one notey record. But uh, if you're into that sort of thing, like for me personally, like it's it's a great like note to hit. Um, we, we were talking about this. You didn't get to finish talking about it last night, Quinn, because you were asking me what I thought. So what, do you, what are you thinking on this? Uh, I'm a fan. I'm not – nothing – it's not like a, like a necessarily a huge standout record to me. Uh, but it is consistent mm-hmm. with their last record. Uh, the, I, I like – we're talking about guitar tone. I like this guitar tone a lot. Um, it's just, it's a clean tuba. It's cl- yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and it is. I am a huge Velvet Underground fan, and uh-huh. it is very much in that style. Sometimes they sound. I like uh, they're on their last record more, but on this record too, the vocals sound Courtney Barnett esque. Um, yeah, it's the accent totally. Yeah, but it is in delivered in that same style uh, in in some ways, uh, which is interesting. I'm sure, like even though they make relatively different. I mean. Yeah. Well, they don't. It's weird, but they're they're from London. Although I think I don't know why, and I should have looked this up. I feel like one of the guys is from here. Like one of the guys is American. But uh, that would make sense. But yeah. uh, you know what? You know, and I was actually reading an article about this the other day, uh, trying to explain like why uh, say English artists all sound like Americans when they sing, and it's just it developed because of that's the music they were trying to emulate. You know, they're trying to make the blues. Yeah, pop music. So sure. when you hear something like this or something like Courtney Barnett, like who's like clearly Australian, like she's, and she's not trying to be anything else, it's sort of shocking uh, to the ear at first, but like I actually sort of prefer it. Makes it a little more groovy. Um, groovy is a good word for yeah. this kind of music. <laughs> yeah. It's head bobbing music. Did you, uh, you said you, you might have changed your opinion on this, Eduardo. Yeah. So I think my first, you know, the first few times I heard this, um, all of the influences that are just so apparent, um, I found actually really distracting. So my first like several listens was just me listing all the bands that like right. okay, so here's Luna, here's Yola Tango, here's the Velvets, yeah. um, and um, and given given a little more time, um, uh, I think sort of like you know the first time you hear Foxygen or something like that, like it's distracting, <laughs> right? Right? I mean, it's just <laughs> so. <laughs> Funny, interesting. I think that's an interesting and good comparison, like not comparison, but yeah. yeah. Um, so I ended up liking this. I, it, 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 you know, um, I wish it had, I wish uh, the songs were a little bit longer. I wish it had a little bit more. Um, I guess it's nice that it leaves you wanting more. 
Um, yeah. But I'm, I'm, I'm curious to know, you know, I, I, I don't know if I would like them more if I knew that they like jam these songs out live or something like right. that or that or if they if they do something different with them. But well, um, it's understated and it's 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 a really yeah. it's just a really tasteful album. Part, part of the thing I, I actually really like about it is that um, I I would actually hope that they don't jam these out live. I think their sort of secret superpower is they can get, um, you know, they're not doing anything complex or not like this crazy studio thing and like, holy shit, do you see this like musical trick that I did? What they're doing is like getting to the very heart of the song and what they're trying to do and just executing on that like flawlessly. And so you have this stuff that isn't, you know, you jump up and be like, I've never heard that before. Like, this is amazing. It's just sort of like, uh, you know, this is actually um, one of those bucket albums I've been talking about all year uh, where it was just like, oh, I need something like that. <laughs> and and it goes, it just satisfies right. like all the way through. I, for me, too, this is um, a band uh, sort of like, you know, when we were talking about Groovy. Uh, the songs on this are like so super confident because, you know, a lot of musicians will sit there and try every musician wants to be the velvet underground period and they start working up to it and they're like oh man it sounds too much like they make fun of us and these guys are confident enough to just be like fuck it we're just gonna make we're making a good song and it's gonna sound like what it sounds like but uh spoon also did that a lot <laughs> even though a lot of their stuff was sort of more groundbreaking i think the confidence in that band uh, to just carve out like their own thing still even in every band Britt Daniels is in Spoon's uh, another interesting comparison because there's nothing controversial about Spoon no and there's nothing controversial about Ultimate Painting no but that's fine it's fine but yeah. like have you seen Spoon I've never seen Spoon they're hands down one of the best bands that has ever existed you know I won't give them that uh, praise on an album basis but you go see them live and it's just it's unreal and even um, oh god uh, what was the band other band that Britt Daniels was in recently Oh, right. Begin with a D and a cherry on the cover. Oh, Divine Fits. Divine yes. Fits. That band is, is the exact same way. Like, they have one album nobody's heard. They came out in 930 Club and played like they, 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 they were like selling out Wembley Stadium. And I was just like, holy shit. Um, which I think these guys have a little bit of. Um, I want to, you know, this does stick to the Velvets a lot. Uh, I, I want to play a song that I think gets a little more into the mod stuff, which the Velvets did a lot of, um, but a little like spoken wordy type stuff. This is uh, Woken by Noises. It's about a second from the end of the So I thought I'd cave in and my chest is tight and light 
Woken by Noises, um, you know, that little guitar riff at the end, how, how it's sort of what I was talking about, how they build these songs. It, it sets you in one gear, this entire song. He's just talking at you. You're like, all right, and you get into it, or you don't, and it's in your thing, but assuming it is, you get into it, and you're riding along, and all of a sudden, they're like, all right, step in the gas a little. Not too much, though. Right. We don't, we don't freak out. <laughs> um, and, and, it, um, and, and it gets there. Uh, now, and what are you saying uh, about the lyrical content of this? Yeah, um, I just don't, you know, if you, I just can't imagine having something to say about them, which is kind of unfortunate. Like, just right. there just aren't a lot of, you know, lines that kind of jump out and, and stay with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if that's entirely the mixing or just, um, you know, the nature of, of the music that's kind of, you know, right. breezy and transient or something, gauzy. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I just wish, I wish there were a little, uh, more on that front, especially because the vocal harmonies are actually quite good and quite likable. Yeah. And, I'm, and I'm not someone who remarks on that kind of thing. Like I just don't, you know, particularly care for the human voice most of the time, right. but, uh, but, um, but they're really good singers and they know how to do, you know, tasteful harmonies that are kind of a little bit rough mm-hmm. still. Like there's not, they're not too pretty. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's, it's just a little shaggy edge. So yeah. are, are, you or or you Quinn are you generally people who pay attention to lyrics? Is that like what do you look for when you're listening to a song first off? Not lyrics, yeah. not my first thing. But yeah. I do, I, I do, yeah. I do listen to lyrics. But it's not lyrics. Um, it's kind of more, yeah, definitely more on the music side, more on the heads. That's what it creates yeah. in my head. Yeah, I mean the, the reason the reason like I sort of want to determine that it's because I, I do think that's actually almost two different skills right you know you have like courtney barnett who's a, who's a brilliant lyricist or fuck it you know just go all the way to the top bob dylan you know you you don't listen to you honestly you don't listen to a bob dylan song for the sonics <laughs> you you want right to hear what he is saying what message he is delivering um and but there are some artists that you do and there are some um you know they, they can be saying whatever the hell they want uh, you know, then that gets into like anthemic rock. You can say it gets into like ass rock, um, but you know, big hooky choruses and with not a lot of content, it works. But there's but there's like an echelon that's not available to you if the lyrics are always yeah disposable, right? I mean, you can just never kind of cross into some ultimate tier if there's not you know. So unless you're Mac Demarco, <laughs> <laughs> he's there, bro. Um, yeah, so so you know, I think I think most of us, you know, probably do start with the music, and if something doesn't sound appealing to you, you're not gonna you're not gonna listen beyond that. But at some point, you know, the lyrics become a necessary component, and I'm just yeah. not. They just feel kind of missing on this album, unfortunately. So, anything maybe hope for the next album? Yeah, I think I think these guys are clearly gonna put out a spectacular album before yeah. Mac DeMarco puts out <laughs> a good one. So, <laughs> it's pretty easy. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, actually, that was something I, I didn't put in my notes. That's something I was actually thinking about. I was like, I, I like this album, and I, and I like the first album. But I have this sense that sooner or later, they're going to put out this, like, giant motherfucker of an album, and it's going to be like, where?
have these guys been? Right. Well, the thing is, these albums aren't, I wouldn't say they're ambitious. No, they're not. Right. right? But it seems like they have enough knowledge of A, their influences, and B, their own talent. Yeah. Where they, they could turn it into something if they wanted to. But maybe this is just a side project, you know? Maybe this is just yeah. some... Maybe this isn't their main thing. Well, they said it was. It just started as a collaboration. Right. They really did not intend to do this. Right. They were like, hey, we work well together. Right. So, um, yeah. I mean, so what are you going to do with it, Quinn? I'm going to buy it. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to see him next week, maybe. Yeah. Uh, for free. Maybe free. Um, maybe that's how you roll? A suggested donation. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> Mac to market cassettes. Yeah, I, new that's my new currency. I can't After the world collapse, <laughs> we, will, we will only. I can tie it back to Mr. Robot. He wiped out all the debt, so the only thing people can trade in is Mac to market cassettes. Oh, God. But yeah, uh, I wouldn't buy it on vinyl, but you know, yeah. I'll, I'll listen to it again. All right. Eduardo? Streaming uh, with intent to buy. Okay. So close fair enough fair yeah. enough uh i'm i'm gonna buy it uh unfortunately and well like i said uh earlier you know this is one of those ones that does fit into a little bucket although those rooms are like i think i have almost enough this year so i don't know i bet this i bet this hits like number 10 on your list or something maybe like i bet you're right in like or like it's gonna be right on the uh, it's not gonna edge. be in the top five no but uh it'll, it'll be in the bottom five for depends sure. on the frank ocean you know <laughs> right. it out. if it comes out <laughs> Um, although we're doing some interesting stuff with that at the end of the year that no one talked about, but it might, it might make it different, different criteria. Uh, yeah. So that is, or was, uh, Green Lanes from Ultimate Pain. Last but not least, uh, every week we try to sort of feature a track on here, something that we know we're not maybe not going to get to the album. Maybe uh, we don't want to spend eight hours editing a podcast about your album for sorry musicians. <laughs> um, but uh, this week, actually, uh, we're going to play a song from a guy who's sort of familiar to us. We are huge fans of the band Hundred Visions here. Uh, they were a foursome until recently. Uh, guitarist John Kruger uh, actually left the band, and um, and sort of did a, his own thing, uh, put out a little EP called Explicit Power. Uh, basically, the story behind this is um, when, when I talked to them on the podcast, there was a sort of a pop side to that band, and then John was the side that was sort of metal and wanted to bring all the stuff in. Uh, and originally, these riffs that make up this album, which I think is only like 11 minutes long, so truly a mini LP, if there ever, ever was one. <laughs> uh, the riffs had originally been uh, pitched to 100 Visions, and it just didn't like it just didn't work because sometimes it doesn't, you know. With, and bands change. I know that band changed from first album to second album, and I hear from them that the third album is going to be completely different from that. Uh, and eventually, um, the and I, I don't think this was related. Uh, John decided to leave the band and still had this this riffage with him. Uh, so he started a Kickstarter, uh, got the funding for it in five days, took some of his friends, uh, including uh, Josh Carruth of the Austin band's Stop Motion Orchestra and Magnets, and uh, Steve Terbecki of White Denim, you know, also from Austin, uh, into the studio, and they laid it down in a day. 
and just knocked it out. I mean, 11 minutes of songs. <laughs> what are you going to do? Um, so this is, uh, you, you, you can look at it like, you know, if you're a fan of 100 Visions, you're, you're going to hear a little bit of that guitar playing style in there. But really, this is something uh, sort of shocked me, but I sort of I actually really dig it. Um, so th we're going to play a track right now. I think it's a minute and one second. Uh, so we'll be back to you after you hear the argument. And uh, yeah, maybe put on your earmuffs because this is live. That is the argument off of uh, the Explicit Power EP, mini LP, whatever you want to call it. Uh, 12 songs, 11 minutes. That That is a long one clocking in a minute, too. There is one that gets to a minute, I think, 40. So, uh, really, I, I mean, Quinn, uh, were you prepared to hate on it? <laughs> no, I'm not afraid to hate okay. on it. I think it's fine. Yeah. I mean, not my taste, but it's – and it sounds – Sounds like too polished for almost for what it's gonna be, like yeah. the guitar sound, um, and the vocals are kind of buried. But yeah, think they can play above the bayou. I mean, they could. <laughs> if uh, actually, oh, well, we'll talk about it later. But yeah. they could, they could. Yeah, yeah. Eduardo, huh? I think it's great that we just heard like ten percent of that album. Yeah, so. I, I I considered playing the whole thing. <laughs> I was just like, yeah, yeah. fuck it. I, mean, yeah, I know he won't mind because he wants people to hear it. Um, that is up now. I think it's on Bandcamp. Uh, I don't think it's on SoundCloud. I'm pretty sure it's on iTunes. I know it's on RDO. That's where I saw it. Maybe Spotify. Uh, because this is legit, like, just a weird project he did. Distribution might not be, uh, be that wide. But if you, uh, shoot us an email, if you dug it, we can put you in touch and get it if you can't find it somewhere else. Uh, so there you go. That is our podcast, uh, for this week, Eduardo. Uh, welcome to the basement. Hopefully, we did not scare you off this time. Absolutely not. Come uh, back for more. And more get, get more into the, Taylor Swift and more uh, Taylor Swift. Bongs well, we, we are going to have to talk about uh, Ryan Adams cover. Yes. Of Taylor oh my Swift god! So happens. exciting. And and I want you to be here, and I want Paul to be here. Well, Paul has to be here. <laughs> Paul will definitely be here. Paul is going to be in lots of pain uh, with that. But yeah, getting on, in on the fall here, so the windows come open. It's not hot as balls down here. Uh, so. As usual, you can um, sort of subscribe to us on iTunes if you like it. Rate us. Uh, Quinn, you should rate us. I should rate you? Yeah, yeah. Or us? Yeah, just, just write a just review. All right, but you're only getting four stars. Huh? Four you're stars? Four stars. <laughs> Cold. What do we got to do to get the fifth? <laughs> Talk about that after the podcast. <laughs> yeah, after the podcast. <laughs> uh, do all that. Uh, you can listen to us on Stitcher. I think RDO is getting podcasts now. I think Spotify is getting. So, you know, we're yeah. everywhere. Uh, we are the 23rd most influential music blog, indie music <laughs> blog in the world. Uh, so thank you for listening to us. We'll talk to you in about seven days. Uh, as always, be good to your ears and be better to your people.
<laughs> Kenobi.